Hello, this is Matt Brown, the worship pastor here at Glen Allen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, June 18th, 2023. And I'm Kelly Brady, senior pastor at Glen Bible Church. Thanks for tuning in today to the Next Level Podcast. And today, we have a special guest. Jason Tooley is in the house. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Matt preached up at Poplar Creek. I was here at 501 Hillside, and uh, we both showed the the video of Jason. And uh, Jason, you're a regular tender at the church. The video that we showed captured your story of coming to faith in Jesus. It was only three-ish minutes long, four-ish almost. Um, and we showed it in Sunday worship. So if you're listening to the podcast and you didn't get to see that yet, we actually have listeners I have been told, who listen to the podcast first and then go back and listen to the sermon, interestingly enough. So if you didn't see the video, you might want to see the video or or maybe you'll feel sufficiently caught up just by hearing this interview. But today, the lion's share of the podcast is about God's good work in Jason's life over the last few years. And so, in fact, all of the questions submitted... (laughs) to the uh, the text text line were about Jason. Tell us more about Jason. So we're going to dedicate this to Jason. Uh, let's jump in. Um, Wait, before you do, can I just get clarity on what you just said? There are people who listen to the podcast yes. and then watch the... Yes, and the, it may just be... interesting. Yeah, we have... Interesting model. Yeah, well, we have out-of-state listeners. Okay, and, that makes sense. And I don't know what that is, but they'll listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe then they determine if they're going to go listen to the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a format we should explore well, there, huh, for the whole church. We, in, we'll, in, just, we'll just put out the podcast the week prior. Yeah, and then you can decide if you want to come to church. Uh, no. We'll even give service updates on how we think it's going to go. <laughs> no. Pre-game and post-game? <laughs> you know, what's, um, what's interesting is I do think the podcast provides an opportunity for learning um, that I had trouble imagining. And when I, when I meet other pastors and they say, how's it going? I regularly say the best discipleship experience, one of the best discipleship experiences we have is this podcast as, as we get to go a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. It's nice when you're writing a sermon and there's so much, once you start trimming the fat off, some of that fat's still good. Right. It's like some of that stuff you want to say, but you know you don't have the time. Right. And so it's nice to know, like, well, we could talk about that on the podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Jason, catch us up. Tell us, let's start with your family. Tell us a little bit about your family. Well, I have, uh, it's my wife, Becky. We've been together for going on 21, 22 years. That's great. Sometimes I don't know how she's quite made it that long so but uh <laughs> but she has she's endured a lot um and then i actually have six kids Woohoo! and they range from 23 to 3 i have four girls two boys and then i have my well we have our first grandson his name's zaire he's actually hanging out with us right now my daughter's like hey, you're dad, a grandfather i am wow my uh my daughter's like hey dad could you take him for a little mm-hmm. bit so he's been hanging out with us for the last couple of weeks he's it's you know it's it's weird because he's going to be turning two in July. Our youngest son is uh, three, going on four. So they're not they're close, <laughs> yeah, obviously, and very, yeah. you know, very much in age. Um, 
But even that a couple year difference, it brings you back just a little bit because he's still in that toddler phase. Yeah, you know, where my son, he doesn't really need you anymore. I feel anymore. tired just <laughs> hearing the word toddler. <laughs> it's funny. Anytime I meet someone and I mention six kids, the looks on their faces are priceless. That's yeah. when you wish you had a body cam so you right. could capture it every time. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we're very, I mean, I would say... We've always been very close-knit. I, I, I definitely think, and I was mentioning this to you kind of pre-podcast, uh, but I think the last two and a half years, the bonds are, are just growing immensely. Um, and, a lot's, and it starts with me. Um, and that's a, just for clarity, if you haven't seen the video, that's, that's a post-arrest experience for your family. That is coming to Christ, coming up on stage, being baptized, because I made the promise to God you know, when I was mm. still sitting in jail. I said, as soon as I get out, I'm coming to get baptized. Well, that brings up an interesting question. Mm. How did you find Glen Ellen Bible Church? We actually, you know, it's funny because we used to live in Glen Ellen. Okay. Like, oh, I don't know, okay. maybe 12 years ago. And we actually came here for a while. And then we moved to Wisconsin. And then we came back. And we were off and on, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, but we always liked it here. And I, I think with, you know, for me and my wife, it was always the music. Because it's not the same kind of hymns that you go to. You know, yep. we've been to the Lutheran churches and things like that, and I think that's what really kind of you know really caught our eye was the different type of music that mm. you guys kind of do. Um, and then I think you know what really resonated with me is and what I didn't envision until later on was the little spiritual nuggets that you get, mm. and you start reading them back in your head, mm -hmm. especially when you have six months like I did. Mm -hmm. You know, to kind of kind of reflect everything, you start going. You know, that was a really great place. Mm. And when you mm. go back, that's where I want to go, you know. So, but uh, we've kind of always been off and on. But obviously for the last two and a half years, that's been, that's, this has been our home now. So. so I saw your wife was in service with you yesterday. How did she feel about the video being shown? Is she up for that level of uh, platforming? Oh, yeah. Is that I, well, is she that, knows me. So yeah. that's why um, <laughs> I, I don't do anything halfway. I'm going all the way. I think with my personality, it has to be that way. Mm -hmm. So like even with honesty, I had obviously years where I would just be lying. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of men have that problem, but it really hit me hard. So I'm super honest. Like you're getting, you're going to get the full transparency. It's always the now. raw side. Huh? Yeah, 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 because oh, I think I, from my personality, I think what God has really shown me is it's, it's, I'm that type of person, it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. It has to be that way. There's mm -hmm. no other way for me to work. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the way I, I just have to continue to be true to myself based on you know, Christ's word and what he's communicated to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I could see that by kind of the trials and tribulations that I had to go through. You know, people, when I talk to non-believers, they're always like, oh, well, why would God do that to you? I said, well, first, God didn't do that <laughs> to me. I did that to me. Right. But what he did, though, is he showed me the way that when I was in there, mm -hmm. this is how you're going to have to deal with things and you're going to have to look things from a raw perspective because that's how you are. I, I thought so. your story was a, a great match for Isaiah 61 and the Jubilee experience and the promise of, I mean, if you're a captive, you want to be free. If you're in the darkness and you want to come into the light, it yep. just, I, I really enjoyed teeing it up because as I was explaining the Jubilee and watching folks' their face, the reaction. I mean, everybody's happy at an academic level, a head level. Um, sounds great. Debt cancellation and prisoners set free. Um, but how does it translate? Um, you know, virtually it'd be 2,600 years later after mm -hmm. Isaiah spoke. So how does it translate for us today? And I just, when I turn the corner on, 
and talked about, hey, what would this look like at the 21st century? They were so eager. Yeah, tell us, tell us. And I just felt like your story was was a great, great match for the the passage. So we've actually been sitting on Jason's story for a month or so, mm-hmm. a couple months, yeah. and just trying to time it. So it went very well up at Poplar Creek Good. as well. Like it connected with a lot of folks, I think. And um, my dad was it was in town. Uh, he lives in Kansas City. He he had come up for for the weekend for Father's Day, and we had some birthdays and stuff. And um, <clears throat> he. Uh, Yesterday, we hung out in our backyard and just kind of had a chill day. Had another family from the church come by, and we were just, you know, playing bags and just hanging out and had great conversation about um, the service. And so my dad's, uh, he's pretty open mm-hmm. to everything. He's very proud of what I'm doing and, you know, being in the church, And but he, he's still kind of investigating. And um, But he we spent the most time talking about the video. Mm. He spent the most time talking. Like, his... Uh, the nuggets that he took from the service, most of them came from and spoke to him from the video. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad so to it hear was, that. It was really good. One of the text questions in was, are we going to do more stories? That was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and whoever texted that in, yes, we'd love to. Uh, you know, the timing of people's story. You know, when I met you and you were wanting to be baptized, you had an anklet, you were on home arrest or mm-hmm. monitoring. Mm-hmm. And and you have, um, there's a, there's a, uh, a space needed uh, for everybody involved. I was I was so happy that we swung back around and you told your story a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, it it allows the story to grow and breathe mm-hmm. in a, in an appropriate way. So yes, but mining stories that is digging them out of the the community of faith. That's a it's a it's a work. It is, and it, I think it also um, depends on what our culture is like. So. Let's. I would like to see more stories too. I would like to hear more stories. Mm-hmm. I think we all need to be uh, proactive in telling our stories. Agreed. The more we tell our stories, the more it kind of catches on, oh, and a fire can start, and people want to share their story. And oh man, that's what God did for you. Listen to what God did for me. Not so that I can brag on myself, but so that I can tell you another story splendor, of how yeah. God worked that can inspire you and build up your faith. And you know. Because um, there really are. So, you know, and here's the, the kicker about it is uh, a lot of us will just kind of default into this mode where we just assume based on a person's appearance that you kind of know most of their story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not have picked Jason out of the, the crowd for a jail experience. Yeah, right. Yeah. And especially living in, you know, the Glen Ellen, Wheaton area, like there's a little bit of a bubble here. Mm-hmm. And so you can just well, assume. We all have manicured lawns. We look pretty sharp. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, but I, and I mean specifically because of the college, like the college yeah. has, yeah. Wheaton College has a direct influence from what I've experienced mm-hmm. in the types of people that live in this area. So you just assume, you know, like mm-hmm. you see, you see it's a, interesting because a family it, with five kids, you go, okay, boom, Christian. They probably grew up Christian their whole life. They probably went to Wheaton College. They probably lived here for 15 years. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. I yeah, do it myself. Right. Yeah. But then I bet if I sat down and have a conversation with them and asked them their story, I'd probably find out something different. What's interesting is, as Jason's video was playing and I was watching the congregation, I had forgotten. We have several people that have gone uh, to prison uh, at Glenholm Bible Church for various issues. And and Jason, you and I were talking beforehand. uh, Tell us about how the um, my my comments on shame impacted you. Would you just yeah address that? Yeah. So when you were during your sermon yesterday, those hit the most because I think 
what people don't realize is what I was feeling was not guilt. Shame is so much more overburdening mm-hmm. than guilt because guilt can also be kind of regret. Mm-hmm. Right? You can be like, oh, I didn't finish this, you know, this project or I can do that. So I feel guilty. Shame is so burdenous. On yeah. You, yeah. And it weighs on you deeply. So, you know, going from childhood, experiencing certain traumas, then then never getting that fixed. Resolved. Never getting that corrected. Correct. And, but part of that's me. You know, so for a long time, I played the victim, you know, mm-hmm. like, but, but I didn't do it outwardly. I just do it to myself, which is the worst ever. And then you lie to yourself. And I was telling Matt on the phone the other day, lying to yourself is the first, because people are like, well, you lied to Christ. And I'm like, well, he already knows. Like, <laughs> He's not fooling <laughs> yeah, you. You're right. not fooling him, so you're good. <laughs> right. um, but the, the main thing is you lie to yourself. And once you lie to yourself and you believe it, lying to everybody else is easy. Agreed. Yeah. So that shame just becomes, and it just, it's a compounding effect. That's powerful, so for Jason. every shame you, right, you put on yourself, it multiplies by three, yep. then five, then seven. Yeah. Next thing you're walking around, and you have this ginormous weight on you, and you don't know how to get it off. I love your mm-hmm. commitment to truth-telling. Uh, and it, it does start with telling ourselves the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-awareness is, to me, my greatest gift that Christ has given me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know that, I know myself now. Yeah. You know, the... Um, <laughs> Shame works really powerfully because it mm-hmm. does uh, for a lot of folks. And me, this is part of my story. Uh, shame doesn't stop when you become a. Sometimes shame mm-hmm. can continue even after you've become a believer. Mm-hmm. You're, you've accepted Christ. You're in. You love Him. You you see Him, but like you're still kind of walking around with this. Am I really this, lovable? Am I really wait, redeemable? This, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I I use it as a humbling tool now. It's no longer burdenous to me, but I always. In case I start getting a big head, I just revert right back to that. Mm-hmm. Say, how did that feel? Yeah. How did that whole time feel? How did the last almost 40 years feel? Yeah, I don't want to go back there. You know, and that's what you have to answer to yourself. And yeah. so I, I agree with you. I think I've just been able to use it differently. Yeah. Now I use the tools mm-hmm. and I turn them to positive things because now I utilize them, like I said, as a yeah. motivation factor. It's more not even motivation. It's a driving factor for me to yeah. not ever go back yeah that's good well for me it was like uh uh, wow um because i shared a little bit of my story Mm -hmm. with you on the phone and um for me it was okay now i know what i was doing uh was sinful Mm -hmm. i can't believe i did all of that to all of those people i Mm -hmm. can't believe that it was that and i just stayed in that headspace Mm -hmm. for for months and months and months Uh, just you know it was like cry the Christ and the cross exposed the sin, but then I didn't, I didn't accept the freedom that I was mm-hmm. truly forgiven and that it was covered by Christ's blood. I was, it was kind of like, you know, it, there's all kinds of stuff going on there. There's mm-hmm. shame, there's pride, there's, you know. Well, it's fun to have you on, Jason. Let me, we've got a few questions to sure. work through here and we'll chase the rabbits, whatever holes they go down and see how the Lord <laughs> leads us. But uh, first one is, Can you say more about how you were drawn to faith in Christ while in jail? Yeah, so I always, the best way I can explain it to people is the tugboat versus lighthouse mentor, you know, kind of leadership mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, the devil is very prominent on being a tugboat, right? He hooks you up. He's pulling you. you. Oh, he'll pull you wherever. And you'll go with it because sometimes it's an easy path, which we think is God's way. That's not. The easy path is, is sometimes done that way so that we never have to call out for God. Mm-hmm. Or Christ is a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. You could be in the abyss 
Um, and I know all of us have been there at times. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is lift your head up just a little to light. catch that light. And he mm -hmm. draws you right into shore. And that's the type of mentality or leadership mentality that he that Christ had. Mm -hmm. I mean, look how he was with all his, you know, if you any of the stories or um, you do any of the research, how he was with his disciples, it was mm -hmm. always a lighthouse experience. Mm -hmm. He was never pulling anyone. Mm -hmm. He was guiding them. It's mm -hmm. such a difference. And, and that's really how I came to faith is all I had to do was lift my head up just mm -hmm. enough to see that light. And that was it. And uh, he did the rest um, because obviously I, I tried to do it for off and on for 40 years and was extremely unsuccessful the entire time. So I would say that's the best uh, analogy or best story that I could ever give anybody. And that's actually the type of leadership that I, that I bring into the company I work with mm -hmm. is that I'm, I'm a lighthouse and not a tugboat. Mm -hmm. So I'm always guiding people. Mm -hmm. I'm not micromanaging. Um, and I'm exposing, like Christ did with me, he exposed all my strengths and all my weaknesses. Mm. And that's the part of the self-awareness. And so I try to do that as a leader, you know, because we see things about other people even before they see it, you know, because we have an, we have an outside appearance. And we, we, if we're working with someone every day, we can kind of see things. And, and I think one of my gifts that he's, that Christ has bestowed upon me is the ability to read people very well mm. and to see the good in them as well, even when they can't. Mm. And so I bring that mentality, um, and I try to do that, obviously, with my, you know, first with your children, mm -hmm. and even your, you know, my wife, you know, I think being encouraging, mm -hmm. you know, to our spouses is huge, mm -hmm. you know, because they often feel that, you know, they're not worthy, or they're not whatever, you, I got to be a part of that to, to spring her back up and say, no, you're a fantastic mother, you're a fantastic wife, you're tremendous, which she is, and then a tremendous person, so... Because Christ has done that to me, I, I want to do that back. Sounds like you, know? you have a gift of encouragement. You look for ways to cheer people on. Um, so let's go to the next question mm -hmm. here. Because um, I'm trying to picture you in jail. And it's, <laughs> it's hard for me to picture you in jail. Mm -hmm. My experience of you is, you, you were, when I met you for baptism, you were determined. Uh, you wanted to concretize change in your life. You did not want to go back. You want to see things different, which it was beautiful. Um, what was it like to be, first of all, a non-believer in jail? And then what was it like to come to faith in Jesus in jail? And, and how, were, how would you juxtapose those experiences in jail? Yeah, so, you know, when I first got incarcerated, again, you play the victim card, poor me, um, no accountability. But it's also complete darkness. You have you don't see the light. You don't see the the, the end game. You don't see the outcome. Um, I'll tell you, it was a quick turnaround um, for me, and it it wasn't based out of fear. Like you know, if people are in there and you're locked up, and listen, you know, I was locked up with some pretty you know bad people. And then there was also the majority of them that weren't really that bad. You know, they were in there for, you know, drug-related things, but they were not bad people whatsoever. But then you had a few where you knew immediately this was, they were not good people, and they did some bad things. So it wasn't, the, the turnaround wasn't based out of fear, at least for my safety or anything. My fear was losing my family. Mm. My fear was continuing the path. And I've always known that I was better than what I was doing. Mm. I just didn't know how to get there. So this path of destruction, you didn't know how to get off? Yeah, and a lot of it, the path of destruction was my own doing because I was trying to be something more. You know, it's weird because you meet people. I was always trying to be more to either people that never asked me to do that 
or people that I shouldn't have really cared about their opinion one way or the other. Trying to impress. Yeah. And, and a lot of that was my own doing because of my own tragedies or my own problems that I had in, the, in my youth. And it just, it just manifests. And again, it's the compounding effect, yeah. right? It just keeps growing and growing. And especially with no correction, no resolve, it just keeps getting worse and worse. The main thing is getting out of being a victim, taking absolute accountability. Responsibility for those decisions. Owning what you are. Yeah. I can tell myself I'm a liar. I'm a manipulator. How did you I'm come a- to that uh, frankness? <clears throat> So again, it's a gift, yeah, right? Christ, oh, absolutely. Christ would, he would tell me, hey, so I would listen, you know, in jail, it's weird. In jail, you can still get on, online and stuff. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unreal. And in prison, in prison, it's even more, you have even more freedoms, right? Because there was guys who actually would, when they were getting transferred out of jail to prison, they'd actually be celebrating because mm-hmm. they were going to go to a place where they had more freedoms to move wow. around. Can you, can you just tell us real quick, what is the difference between jail and prison? So jail is, if you think about it, it's kind of a holding area until you get classified out or okay. you're still in the midst of your trials and, and okay. things like that. Um, and I was telling Kelly, the, 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 probably three months of that six months that I, that I was there, um, I spent in what's called 23 and one, which is 23 hours in a cell, you get one hour out. And the reason they did that is all during COVID. And uh, they didn't know how to handle the situation pro- sure. you know, appropriately whatsoever. But honestly, like when I look back, you know, people will be like, oh, I'm, I feel bad for him. No, it was honestly the best thing that ever happened to me. And then spending that much time with yourself, I had enough time to, with Christ's guidance, to break myself down and rebuild myself back up to where, as you now going into the second part of that question, while I was still in jail, not quite knowing how everything was going to go, read the Bible from cover to cover first time in my entire life. Mm. Um, took notes. I mean, not just the Bible, guys. I was reading everything I get my hands on. Yeah. Um, so the part of the book I read, that was the, I think it was called The Darker Side of the Light, was talking about how you need to own everything that you are. Right? So what was I? So I had to admit, first you admit it to yourself, and then you start admitting it to the people that you've, right, you've ruined relationships with or you've hurt. Yeah. And like I told you on the phone, Matt, once you say these things to yourself and you own what that is, all the power that that once had over you is now gone. You bring it to the light, right? It's over, yeah. 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 There's no more power it has over you. Yeah. And then the best part is, is if somebody in the past goes, oh, you were like this, okay. I was. (laughs) I don't, I don't, it doesn't, that doesn't bother me anymore. And I'm not, I don't have to. Like you know, you know, I think for me, Christ is like you don't need to impress anybody. Just be you. That's, and that's a lot impressive of, that's enough. A, that's a lot of freedom. Oh, it's yeah. it's. Un, I I I wish more people felt like that. And mm. and li- I'm just and I'm really just starting on my journey. Mm. I haven't even like got to the peak points yeah. yet. Mm. What so. was the what was the catalyst for you to actually pick up the Bible? Like you did did you talk to somebody? Did somebody or did it just you, you were putting this all together? Did you grow your up whole as a story? Church no, attender? No, not at all. I told Matt, you know, not that my not that we were necessarily non believers, but we were not churchgoers. Yeah. Yep. Um, so was it it was just kind of the wrestling just in your mind I just said and it's just time. You did. Okay. Yeah, right. it's but time. you didn't meet someone in no. in jail that was like, you know, super spiritual and no, hey, you know. Actually it wasn't until I started getting in that that I started holding nightly prayers while sitting in jail with guys. Whether we were in our own single cells or not, we would be praying amongst each other if we were exclu- you know, excluded from one another or we were in a bunkhouse. I was the one leading those prayers. Mm. Wow. Um, listen, nobody needs more prayers than when you're sitting, you know, incarcerated and your freedom's taken away and you don't know your next step. 
and they need to know that there's there's something else out there. And a lot of them, whether they believe it or not, I'm I'm hoping that the guidance will eventually bring them there. Because right, that's kind of cliche to be like, oh, I go to jail and I I find faith. Right. There's you a lot know? of movie, there's a lot of movies about yeah, that. Yeah, right? it is. It's very cliche. Yeah. Um, so it has to be. And like I said, I I think what people notice more about me now is just how transparent I am and just I'm full. I love it. The way I am. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is a sense of freedom. Um, I All wish right, so more people felt that way. When you came to Jesus mm-hmm. or as you were coming to Jesus, how did things shift emotionally for you? We had a question, how did your mental health improve or did it improve? Absolutely. You were in so much peace mm. that I left it up to, I left, I said, crisis in your hands, whatever happens. Mm. I remember going to court and they still didn't, um, lower the bond. The bonds were ridiculous, but I mean, for what they I was being accused of, um, I remember walking back, and I was like, okay. That's not meant for me to leave that, and it's not. And it was just a sense of calm and peace. And then a few hours later, they said, Mr. Tooley, yeah, pack your stuff. You're leaving. For just no apparent reason? No, my my wife came and got me. So, but I almost think it was like, he was like, all right, Christ is like, you fulfilled your lesson. Mm. So I can can release you back out. Mm. You're good now. Like you're ready, you're ready to take on the next steps. You've proved yourself. You've, you know, right in a sense, you know, you you started the process, and mm. that's all I wanted to see from you. Mm. I believe that. I mean, I truly believe yeah. that that that's exactly what happened. Well, I think that resonates with resonates with me. Probably resonates with a lot of listeners that when you are praying for something, or when you've got your sights set on something, and it's just not happening or whatever, and it's like at the point where you release it and let it go, and you're fine with it. Mm. It so, sometimes it can. Well, either way, you have peace. If you can release it to the Lord and yeah. trust him, you've got the peace. That's all yeah. you need. Yeah. Tell me, um, this was not a planned question, so no. we can edit this out if we need to. Tell me about um, how, how has the Lord led you to address childhood trauma? It sounds like you had some. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine talking about it. Um, and so here's why I ask. I've got my own. Sure. Yesterday, Sunday morning, the room was full of people with childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. But lots of people don't address it. Correct. They don't know how. They just run from it. Correct. No, I, I'm, the one thing I've come to, kind of the point is, is that's a part of my story that needs to be talked about because it, this is where everything resonates from. So I was, I was sexually abused uh, between two different times in my life, mm. right? Uh, one is kind of an adolescent. One is a, kind of a pre-teenager. Um, and, as I'm, and, and listen, and when I say this, I, I really want to, I'm just emphasizing because I can only speak because I'm a male. I think for men, we hold a different place. And something like that happens to us, it goes into a very deeper pit. Like, because we're like, we're either, we're either like, well, why should we be ashamed of this? Or it's really shameful, right? So you play both sides. We don't know what to do with it. Correct. Yeah. So, but one, I never spoke about it to my family. Um, I think for years, I just justified it as, well, I'm a guy and, and, and that's okay if you know, an older woman does that stuff. You know, why should I be complaining about that? And it wasn't until I sat down with a, a counselor while I was yeah. in jail. And she was wow. like, no, man, it's not okay. Yeah. You know, that's not good. Yeah. Would you, that, that woman took something. She, yeah. Yeah. Well, the main thing is she, she turned around. She goes, you have two sons, right? I said, yeah. She goes, how would you feel? And then yeah. it like, you, now you feel it. That sense of <laughs> yeah. anger comes over. So no, um, dealing with it for me was talking about it. That's great. Sure. Telling my talk, I mean, there was one night I stood up and I just talked to myself and then I wrote it down, sent a letter to my wife, sent a letter to my parents. And it was, 
the amount of relief that I got was unreal. Praise God. It was unreal. And it was, again, Christ's way of saying, listen, man, you have to release this. And it was also a part of Christ telling me that it's not your fault. Well, and also... Or at least that part was It's a, such a step of faith to say Christ is bigger than mm. this trauma. Christ can mm. address this. I can talk about this. This doesn't have to hold me captive. Correct. He can address this. Correct. Yeah, I... You know, for me, and it was also that dual part of still taking accountability for everything that I did even after that point. Because a lot of people will go, well, I'm the victim. No. So I can excuse my poor yeah, my behavior. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, that's garbage. It's both, both is true. I was victimized mm-hmm. and I am victimizing myself through my sinful actions. Yeah. And then, and, and I victimize other people because yeah. of those actions. Yes. You know, yeah. I, like we talked about it with my parents, um, you know, the stress you put on them, my wife, my kids. So the first thing I did when I came home was I started, well, I wrote letters while I was in there, but when you have face to face with your kids and I have older kids, right? I have a 23 year old, 18 year old and 14 year old. So when you're, when you're having conversations, truthful conversations, hey, dad did do this, and hey, dad did lie about this, it's painful. I know it's painful for them, but that's how we're going to start the healing. Same thing with yeah. my wife, same thing with yep. my parents. That's so good. So you have to do that. They're tough conversations. They're going to hurt, right? Because it's not even my hurt. It was the pain I saw in their face. But then after a little bit, you, they, they're like, all right, dad, that's yeah. pretty cool that you do that because most people... Don't do that. Yeah. And luckily, children are so forgiving. <laughs> you know, they're so forgiving. And especially as their father or their mother, they want to forgive you. Mm. I had to start giving people a reason to give me that other chance. Mm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be worthy of, of that other chance. Yeah. So, so being forgiven is one thing. Rebuilding trust is a whole other thing. A whole other thing. Right. Yeah. And that still takes time. I mean, even I don't expect... Even after two and a half years, I'm not like, oh, I'm, I'm back to square one. No, it's, you need to earn it. You know? mm-hmm. I have to earn it with myself. So. Mm-hmm. You know? I think I've earned a lot more trust with myself. I think mm-hmm. I've been in some, right, some situations already where maybe, I've, you know, maybe 10 years ago I would have strayed off again. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. This doesn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I needed to see that. And I think Christ threw tests in my way even after to be like, I know you can do it. Mm. I want you to know you can do it. Mm. And when then, and then when I answered my own questions, that's when you're like, oh, okay. So I'm good now. You know, I feel good. So things that used to bother me, they don't bother me. I was telling you about time, and I think I told Matt too on the phone. I, I kind of just calculate everything over the last two and a half years. Everything before that, it was a lesson I've learned, but that's what it was. Now I have to. I'm, I'm reborn. Like you, mm-hmm. you just got to move forward, and that's it. And that's what I'm doing now. And I don't look at the past. I don't. I don't worry about it. I keep, I kind of just keep my head down and work. And mm-hmm. that's what I do. I used to brag and be like, "Oh, I'm doing X and doing Y." Now I don't feel the need to do that. It's not important. Hey, Glen Allen Bible Church family, if you're part of the 501 Hillside Campus, we want to bring to your attention a special outdoor service that we love annually, Worship in the Park. The date is August 20th, mark your calendars, and you'll hear more about it as the date approaches, but make sure you mark your calendars. It's a special morning at Lake Ellen, downtown Glen Ellen, worshiping outdoors, lifting up Christ. There'll be baptisms, and uh, we'll we'll hear God's word proclaimed. So join us August 20th at Worship in the Park. So um, was it hard to get a job coming out of jail? 
because you have a nice job. Yeah, frankly, no, it wasn't. Okay. Actually, um, I'm very lucky. Um, I'm blessed. And, and I think a part of mine is a lot of gratitude. No, I've always had, and I've known I've had great ability. And I know for some people, they're like, wow, I think we all should feel that way. Mm. Guys, we all have great ability. He's, in, he's, he's instilled that in us. Mm-hmm. We just have to dig deep to grab it out. Yeah, we have you know? to find our area. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, like I said, I started taking my strengths and I applied it. So yes, now, you know, I, I help run a series of companies. We're a holding company and we, we own now up to six companies and we're, we're going to continue to grow. Um, how do you, it's awesome. How do you let, um, what's, what's the integration of faith for you in, in the daily life, uh, whether it's work or home? So I'm very careful how I drop nuggets. Obviously at home it's different. You're yeah. very open. But when you're at work and you're with people who may not have faith, mm-hmm. I still do it, but they don't know it. They don't know that I'm dropping little nuggets here and there. They have no idea. And that's, I consciously do that mm-hmm. because yep. I do want people to feel like how I feel. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love seeing people, and that's when you're talking about the encouraging. I love seeing people win. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things is mm-hmm. to see other people, even if you don't know them. Because mm-hmm. you see something online or you're like, that's ah, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love seeing it. And I know how much it's impacted my life and how much it's going to continue to impact my life. And like I said, I'm just really just starting mm-hmm. my journey. I want other people to feel that way, you know? So, yeah, you, you do have to be careful because this word Christian gets such a weird, yeah. you know, vibe to it. And I think some of that's probably our doing. Sure. And yep. then, and we then, haven't served ourselves well. And then, and then some of it's just people not doing the research. Yeah. Um, and again, if I'm good at reading people, I should know how to, in a sense, approach that person. Mm-hmm. In, in the appropriate time mm-hmm. and drop little things here and there and they're picking up on it the entire time. So, yeah. A couple of times I've heard you use the word warrior for yeah. Jesus, a warrior for faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, how do you say it? Do you, is yeah, it? Yeah, I tell people I'm a warrior for God. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? Because yeah. the notion of a warrior <laughs> isn't, um, isn't a warm fuzzy. No. I mean, it's not always going to be, obviously. Yeah. I think, I think the, the main thing for warrior with me, and I kind of had a conversation about with Matt about this, I think sometimes as Christians, and especially as Christian men, we're going to have to take a stand sometimes on things mm. that's not very popular. Mm. We're gonna, you're going to have to, there's already lines drawn out in the sand. I know what side I'm on. Mm. It's very clear. Mm. I think anybody who will come in contact with me will know very quickly what line I'm on. And I guess that's what I mean, is there's going to be times where, and I have no... I don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about fighting or anything like that, but I'm saying I have no problem with conflict. Right. Sometimes I actually embrace it a little bit because yeah. I think it's, sometimes it's needed. Um, it's needed to clear the air. It's needed as a, as a good debate. But I think, you know, especially sometimes as Christian men, we can come across as a whole as maybe sometimes a little weaker. Hmm. We need to do a better job of not doing that. Hmm. And, if, and if you know something is wrong, it's okay to say that's wrong. Hmm. And I know in a, we live in a society right now where, you know, you can be canceled very quickly for things. I personally am okay with that. Yeah. Um, and that's, I guess that's what I mean. Um, if I'm reading the book, you know, I'm reading the good book and it's, it's telling me it's wrong. And then this is how people are acting. I'm going to say, guys, that's wrong. I don't have to fight over it. I don't have mm-hmm. to get into a physical altercation, but obviously there's going to be some words. Um, I just had a debate with someone at a, at a business conference. It was after hours, and we got into a kind of debate about faith, and it got a little, you know, friendly intense. But the one <laughs> thing people really quickly about me is I'm very persistent. There's no stopping. Mm. Um, 
and I believe in something very passionately, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for it. And, and I think we need to do a better job sometimes with that. And I guess that's what I mean by being a warrior. Hmm. So, yeah. Jason, it's been a pleasure. I, about halfway through, I, I thought to myself, this is probably our best podcast yet. Just getting <laughs> yeah. a, a good story uh, of God's redemption. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity for sure. Yeah, man. Love having you on. Um, well, hey, that's all uh, the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends a learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening in. Boom! Prophecy.